Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, 21 years in counting. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. As if you already didn't know, legal, lawful, constitutional tender. Talking about gold and silver, the physical delivery thereof. That's what we do, and we do it better than anybody. The website at www.allamericangold.com. We got all, I mean, the most comprehensive site in, in the industry. Because we, we give you, we try to give you everything. Right? We want to educate you daily. That's why we post hundreds of articles and videos every single week. Monday through Friday, you go out there and you get all different articles every single day, Monday through Friday, different videos to allow you uh, to get the whole story of what's going on. Make sure it's part of your favorites. Uh, we have uh, the, the radio show. We podcast. Follow us on on, uh, on that. Uh, we're now on Twitter, at Patriot Trading One. Uh, follow us there. We're on Facebook. Uh, we've got our, our blog. I, you know, and I'm blogging right now three or four times a week. Uh, all of that available to you right there on the website. Um, why? Because it's important that not only uh, that you take the time to put things away, but you understand why you're doing it. Uh, and, of course, we can order right there online as well. So we've got it all there for you. Uh, I hope all of you had a great three-day weekend. Uh, it was uh, President's Day, and I will tell you that it rained here every single day. Just, which never happened. I mean, it just doesn't. You, to get three days of rain here is is highly unusual in a row, uh, but that's exactly what we got. It rained every single day, and we loved it. I mean, we're probably... <laughs> well, I don't know. California, they loved it when they first got it. They don't love it anymore, right? All the dams and all the problems that they're having there, but uh, here, here in Arizona, uh, rain is welcome. Just nobody knows how to drive here. Matter of fact, I made it a mission to try to not to drive. I drove on Saturday, but that was it. Uh, I'm a bad driver when it doesn't rain, even worse when it does. Uh, but one thing, I tell you what, I, and I know it doesn't have anything to do with what we do, but we did something this weekend. It was our first annual, the smoking of the meat. Yep, my family. So my wife, my two boys, and I decided... Uh, that on President's Day yesterday, we were going to, you know, smoke ribs. We ended up smoking ribs, chicken, corn. Uh, and not that we know anything. You know, we have a smoker, one of those uh, non-professional, right? You plug it in, you put some wood chips in it, right? And you just say, hey, go to 225 and it'll keep it there the whole time, right? So you don't actually have to do a whole lot. Wendy's looking at me. I did, you know what? That's terrible of me. And well, let me tell you. So me and me and the boys decided to have a contest. 
So we each got a rack of ribs, and you could do whatever you wanted to. And uh, like I said, the closest we are to barbecue pit masters is we watch that show on TV sometimes. Uh, and so we all put our concoctions in there, and then we had a contest where we picked the winner of who ribs whose ribs tasted the best. I won. I had a secret weapon. Maple syrup. And in my rub, I actually had a little bit of chili powder to give it a little heat. So you had the sweet and the heat. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to brag. But it was delicious. I'm going to say this right now. It was delicious. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We actually had fun doing it kind of. You know, what do you do on a rainy day, right? So yeah, a lot of the stuff that we could do together was out, so that's what we decided. So that's how we, our family fun day this weekend was a smoking of the meats competition, which uh, the way I'm going to tell the story, I thoroughly dominated. i uh, got a great show for you today. One of the things, the Dow is at a new high today. And I'm going to tell you right now, they'll tell you it was because of this, it was because of that, or, you know, what they just make stuff up half the time. I'm going to tell you why that is. It was a an admission from one of our Fed governors, really the only guy, the only person who is a non-academia-type guy on the whole committee was speaking at a, you know, one of those planned speaking engagements. He gives a speech and then uh, allows for some questions to be asked. And he said what something that I always knew, something that most of you uh, have never been told uh, as to what exactly is the mandate from the Federal Reserve. And we're going to kind of go back and outline how it got started, why it got started. And then uh, we're also going to talk about just how much the Federal Reserve has cost the American saver. So we got a great show lined up for you. I think you're going to find it very, very fascinating. Uh, I, I've actually tweeted out a couple of stats today as well. Uh, believe it or not. Well, I'll, I'll wait for it. I hear the music coming to break. Stay tuned. And oh, by the way, for all you Silver Eagle buyers, we've got a great special for you today. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Patriot Trading Group, Patriot Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. As, as all of you know, we have entered into the, I, really a perfect storm when it comes to uh, the, the greatest buying opportunity that we have seen, especially in the gold market in the 21 years that we've been in business as far as the uh, premiums over spot. Uh, a great uh, example today, uh, gold's, gold's off from where it was when we left on Friday, but gold's down about 3 bucks 
$1,234. If you go to Kitco, it actually will say it's not down, but it was down yesterday, really, essentially. Uh, $1,234. Uh, you can still buy U.S. $20 gold pieces today. They're at $1,285. $51 over spot. I mean, these are historically low premiums. Uh, and then we got the call this morning. The largest, I'll say, bu- the largest bullion bank in the West. Uh, we were speaking to them. Uh, they're out of San Diego this morning. And we were actually uh, shipping some silver. Right, we were drop shipping silver for customers. By the way, anybody that's waiting, if you have orders that had the two and a half. Uh, the $5 gold pieces, the $2.5 gold pieces, uh, and half dollars. All of those are going to be here this week, and they'll all go out. They'll either ship out Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, we appreciate your patience on that. But he said that he has a significant amount of backdate silver eagles. And he said that the year that he had was 2012. So obviously it's 2017, so five years ago. An individual apparently had bought a huge quantity. Now, I don't know how you would store all of this, but obviously if you if you have... Uh, the means to buy the quantities that this gentleman bought in, I guess you could have the ability to store them. The long story, is, or short, I guess, the short story is there's 25,000 ounces. 25,000 ounces. They're all 2012 U.S. Silver Eagles. They're all in their original mint rolls. Uh, They're all in their original mint cases. We have them on on special today. When you call us today at $3, well, and actually, yeah, right, because silver is right now right at $18. You can buy 2012 U.S. Silver Eagles today at $3 over spot. So they're $21 a piece or $420 a roll. Uh, and really, to put that in perspective, that, that's a dollar an ounce off the regular price. I mean, you just just makes sense. I mean, nobody, you know, and, and I always find it interesting, and I get it, especially if you buy silver every year. Hey, I want a roll or two or three for every single year. I get that. But outside of that, it's a U.S. Silver Eagle, the the really the the standard when it comes to buying silver. I mean, especially here in the United States, you think about a coin that uh, last year fifty million ounces were sold just in a single year. Uh, to be able to save that kind of money. 
It just makes good sense. So these are all 20, 2012 Silver Eagle. They're $420 a roll. If you buy 15 rolls or more, it's free shipping at 800 951 Now let's get to what's happening today. Here we sit, we got the Dow up 100 points, and and a lot of people are trying to, to surmise when this Trump rally is going to end and all of these other things, but what happened was Neil Kashkari, he is the Minneapolis Fed governor. Now, many of you may recognize that name. Kashkari was the person in charge of the TARP program. Okay, that was the, you know, where we bailed out all the banks, right? right? We tried to pretend that, that, uh, that they were all solvent. Let's not, and really, quite honestly, you, need, you probably need to understand this. Everything you had was going to zero. And that's just a fact. Right? Your 401k, your IRA, all of those things. Right? Your savings accounts, your, your deposits in your bank. If you think the FDIC insurance was going to do something for you, not on your life. They only got like 20-some billion dollars. So let's let's just talk about what he had to say. He was actually at a, we'll call it a Q&A. He was giving a little speech in Minnesota. And what he said was, and, and just a little history here. He is probably, uh, as, not probably, he is, he's like the lone non-academic person. He graduated from the lowly University of Illinois, and no, obviously Illinois is a great school. But he wasn't a, an Ivy Leaguer. He was an engineer, believe it or not. Uh, worked for uh, TRW out of California. They worked for NASA. And then he did go to, got his MBA from the Wharton School at Penn. So he did, you know, Penn is an Ivy League. He did get his MBA there and then worked for Goldman Sachs. Okay, so if you're not really, here's the only two ways really you get there, right, is you work for Goldman Sachs or you're an academic. You know, like Janet Yellen, who leads our Federal Reserve today, she's never had, and I don't want to say a real job because let's say that, that, she has had plenty of real jobs, but it's all been either teaching, right? When she graduated, she became a professor. Or she's worked for the government. Well, and even working for the she's worked for the government her entire career. And you have most of the people that are in charge at the Federal Reserve, that's what they do. Their academia, their academics. They have no real-life experience. You know, Ben Bernanke touted, well, I worked at a restaurant 
during the summer, in between, uh, you know, while I was going to college, and that was his real-life experience. So Kashkari, during his little greet and, and question and answer, said to the crowd, you know, the truth is, there's really three mandates at the Federal Reserve. Now, we only know of two. The two mandates currently, and this is the, this, and, I'll, and I'll say that this is the lip service that they tell us. What is the job of the Federal Reserve? And you start thinking about that question. If you ask Janet Yellen, what is the job of the Federal Reserve? She would tell you price stability and full employment. That is their job, right? Price stability and full employment. Neil Kashkari yesterday said, well, there's really three things. Yes, price stability is nice. And yet, full employment is great. But really, there's another mandate, which he called the third mandate, which has to do with asset prices. So Kashkari said to everybody, the Federal Reserve would love stability and pricing. Hey, and we'd love full employment, too. But when it comes right down to it, we're all about asset prices. And you know what? That really is the truth. And really, when you think about the reason why, if you go... And, and, and went to Wikipedia or you went on Google and you said, why did we create the Federal Reserve? For a lot of people, they think, oh, well, it's always been that way. No, it hasn't. The Federal Reserve became an official government entity in 1913. But the reason that they said they created it was the panic of 1907. Now, the funny thing is, is is I consider myself to be a well-read person, right? Obviously, this is what I do. And and I've known about this for, for some time now. But when I first heard about this, and this is going back, you know, probably seven, eight years ago, I actually had to look up what the panic of 1907 was. Because <laughs> I never had heard about it. And it was the, they call it the Knickerbocker crisis. And really what it was, and very similar, really, when you think about what had happened, is there was a bunch of bankers behaving badly in 1907. 
and it, and they were trying to corner the copper market. And in their attempts to do so, they ended up not being successful. And a lot of banks started to go under. Imagine that. And Wall Street had fallen. Now, of course, Wall Street, it fell 50%, but it was only at like 100. And J.P. Morgan himself got him and his wealthy other banker buddies to put their own money into the banks and stabilize the market. And they didn't like it. And so what they decided to do was like, hey, you know what? We shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> I mean, think about, right, free market, right? That's free market. If you made a mistake, if you took a risk and it didn't pay off, you paid for it. So they went to work in lobbying Congress to create this central bank. And listen, there was a lot of other reasons as well. To do the heavy lifting for them. We'll talk about that next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. There is no doubt about it, we live in a world where social media has real power. Giants like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and others have the power to shape the way people think by hosting the content citizens see on a daily basis. They give ordinary people like you and me the opportunity to connect with others and share our views on topics that are important to us. However, when this freedom to share opinions is restricted to only the views of the politically correct, the free flow of information is threatened. Naturally, social media giants have always denied restricting free speech, but that may not be the case. This issue has been brought to the spotlight by a recent article from the German newspaper SZ Magazine, which reported that Facebook is secretly censoring the content that we're allowed to see. They have created special protected categories that users are not allowed to speak ill of, such as gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, and others. Facebook trains employees to recognize posts that fit into these categories and delete them. Often, these employees who control the flow of information are minimum wage workers who are ill-equipped with broad and blurry rules to enforce. Whether or not social media is a big part of your life, this problem should be a cause for concern. The free exchange of differing opinions is foundational to the success of our country. Our founding fathers understood this fact long before social media was ever conceived. By protecting free speech, we allow individual citizens to learn about a variety of opinions on a topic and make their own informed decision. Social media platforms should adopt that same constitutional philosophy. Facebook has the ability to be a powerful engine of democracy and freedom. Censorship of opinions is simply the antithesis of freedom. 
As a private company, Facebook has the right to decide what content is on their website. However, as consumers, it is up to us to hold them accountable and demand that our voices be heard. We must oppose the censorship of any viewpoint in order to secure the right to share our own. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Social media like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are forms of speech protected by the First Amendment. Still, it's up to each of us to identify and stand against liberal media bias and fake news. Fortunately, you can go to pseagles.com and stay well informed. Check in often at pseagles.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. Now a Tuesday, a short week. Feels like Monday, but it is Tuesday. Two fantastic opportunities today. Uh, right now, uh, gold and silver are both on their way back higher. U.S. $20 gold pieces, $48.50 right this second over spot, $1,285. As gold is now twelve thirty six fifty. U.S. Silver Eagle. These are the, we have 2012 untouched. The guy had them all shipped to his private vault. Never touched them. Haven't seen the light of day as far as I know. $2.98 right now over spot. Spots at 1802. Uh, rolls of twenty twelve silver eagles at twenty one dollars to the ounce, or four hundred and twenty dollars a roll. So you got just fantastic, unheard of opportunities in both the gold and the silver markets at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. And then we had Neil Kashkari kind of really let the cat out of the bag is something that I've been trying to tell you about for years. Which is the Federal Reserve is not here for us. They say they're here for us, right? Because what does price stability and full employment represent? We're for the people. Right? We don't want them to have to pay too much and we want to make sure Everybody has a job that wants one. But as I've laid out over the last several weeks, when the Federal Reserve doesn't get the data that they like, they just simply change it because they don't care about you or I. They really care about what Neil Kashkari was talking about, which is asset prices. We care about Wall Street. We're here to cater to the billionaires, period. And then you start thinking about why it got created. Because really, when you think about the panic of 1907, You're left with the thing of, huh, that's the way it probably should work. If the banks are in trouble, get out of it. Put your own money in, do what you need to do, or go out of business. And instead...
instead they created this central bank actually to do two things number one close a bunch of banks right? they didn't like the competition and they said that it was for the good of the citizenry because these 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 new this new competition they weren't sophisticated bankers and banks were going under and things of that nature you know when you really think about banks right it is risk i mean that's really all it is right cuz what do banks do they lend money and we've seen especially in modern times exactly what they were hoping for a hundred years ago when they really got into trouble they got bailed out their banks didn't go under they didn't put their own money in to save them right they had us do it and the guy they put in charge of those bailouts is the, is now telling people, oh, by the way, don't be fooled. We hide behind the full employment and price stability jargon. We hide behind those mandates. But real the real mandate is bailing out Wall Street. If you don't think so, let me give you an example. In 2005, you needed about $225,000, okay? If you could go out and buy a CD from your bank, about $225,000 to earn just, you know, let's call it earn $16,000, okay? Which, by the way, the reason why we're using that number, that is the official government number for a individual to be in poverty. Right? If you make less than $16,000, yeah, you're, you're definitely in poverty. Do you know what that number is today? If the government, if the Federal Reserve cares so much about you and I, Ten million dollars. <laughs> now start thinking about it. I, 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 I don't want to say a lot of people, but I would venture to think that most of us at least know a few people that got two hundred fifty thousand dollars in their IRA or their four hundred one k or something to that effect. That hey, when they retired. They could turn around and turn that money into a CD. And now 10 years, what, 12 years later, instead of $225,000, you'd need $10 million. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I think, and I'm not even positive, I think I do know one person 
that has that I mean that I physically personally know and I don't even know him well enough to tell you whether or not that's true this is what they've done this is how they claimed to have fixed it now the question is why why did they bail them out why did they bring rates to zero and have left them there? I mean, I know it's not zero now, it's a half percent, but it might as well be zero. And what led them to make these choices? And a lot of it has to do with their background. They are glorified students. And they're working off an economic model or, quote, theory that we're going to talk about next. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back. The cheapest price over spot on Silver Eagles in 11 or 12 years today. They are 2012 U.S. Silver Eagles. Hadn't seen the light of day. No, they were untucked. They came out, they were shipped in full case lots, were stored, and then shipped back. Uh, The largest bullion bank in the West Coast has them. If you buy 15 rolls or more, the shipping is free. And I remember back, and I can't remember if it was, it was either, oh, I want to say it was 05. Could have been 06. One of those years that this was, now you got to go back. And, you know, remember how I tell you we sell about 50 million ounces of Silver Eagles a year now? You go back 12 years, 11, 12 years ago, that number was like 7 million, 8 million. And then it jumped to like 19 million. And it was either 05 or 06, and I, I and I apologize, I didn't look it up. And really, that whole you went what seemed like a whole year where you just you went months without it, and all the premiums went haywire. And really, what happened is the mint and the mint distributors jacked up the prices. I mean, at one point, I want to say the highest they got to was 6 or $7 over spot. Of course, that was when silver was running towards that 50 bucks. Uh, but they've been $4 over spot for the last three or four years. And before that, they were $3.5 over spot. And, and so this is really premiums coming down to, like I said, 11 or 12-year levels. Uh, take advantage. I mean, these are just like a perfect storm opportunities. Uh, same thing in, in the gold market, uh, those $20 gold pieces, 1285 bucks. You can't go wrong either way. 800-951-0592. Rolls of 2012 Silver Eagles. I can't tell you how great of an opportunity is. $420 a roll on U.S. Silver Eagles. And then the U.S. $20 gold piece at 1285 
we're talking about the real truth behind the Federal Reserve. It has nothing to do with us. Matter of fact, it's despite us. J.P. Morgan and his buddies, they knew this. They didn't like the fact that they could make reckless bets and then have to put in their own money. And they created this Federal Reserve. And don't, you know, I said it right, they created it. Right, J.P. Morgan, the Rothschilds, the Warburgs, right, the, you know, the four wealthiest families of the world. To ensure they never would have to do that again. They'd never have to pay for their sins again. And the only ones that would have to pay for it was you and I. And now they lie about inflation. They lie about the jobs market. Matter of fact, I'll give you a great case in point. This morning, the restaurant industry, okay, which, let's face it, the biggest areas of job growth, allegedly, has been in retail and bars and restaurants. Right? You know, when we talk about all of these great jobs that have been created, since 2005, right, 94%, you've heard me give the numbers, are part-time, temporary, contract-type work. The leaders of that are, of course, the retail stores and the bars and the restaurants. And I've had a hard time because the retailers, look at all the closings that have been going on. Look at all the bankruptcies. How could they be adding jobs? The total number of U.S. restaurants and bars fell 2% year over year in 2016, according to the group that tracks these numbers. And it's called NDP Group that does the research. They said the restaurant density. In other words, how many restaurants are there, you know, Per, and they do it per a million people. And the number is 1,924. That's the average. It's a lot of restaurants. Which is down from the 1,992 per million people. You know, so you can kind of do some math, right? You kind of do some math and you're like, well, that's, 68 less restaurants per million people. There's 320 million people in the U.S. That's 21,760 less restaurants. Yet, the government says that the restaurant industry created 286,000 jobs last year. Of course, that was seasonally adjusted. Apparently, they seasonally adjusted out all of these restaurants that closed and found a bunch that opened that we didn't know about. But this is how they've been getting it done. Why have they done this? They didn't used to count it this way. So what changed? And the answer is the Federal Reserve 
said, wait a minute, we have these great economic models that we made up in our Ivy League towers. And therefore, the number must be wrong, not the theory. Try to talk about that one here in the final segment coming up. Final segment on this Tuesday, 800-951-0592. Gold and silver have now come all the way back. Uh, Both of them are pretty much unchanged. Uh, Gold's $1,237 right now. U.S. $20 gold pieces, $1,285. Just incredible when you think about it. Silver at $18.03. 2012 U.S. Silver Eagles at $21 or four twenty a roll. Just incredible. 800-951-0592 as we are learning about this morning the third mandate and why all of these numbers are not making sense. And we're talking about, you know, the Federal Reserve, they have this thing called the wealth effect. I'm sure you've heard of it. This economic theory. You know, think about goodwill hunting. Right? Remember Matt Damon and he's the janitor and solving this this mathematical equation on the board of the hallway. Right? And it's got you know, it doesn't even have numbers on it. It's got symbols and things that you have no idea and fractions and square roots and to the, this power and that power with this symbol and that symbol. And they have this economic model, and I'm going to give it to you as simply as I can. If we cut rates, in other words, if we screw the savers, businesses will borrow money, build factories, and employ more people. And those employed people will turn around and buy houses and buy uh, groceries and buy cars and blah, blah. That's the economic model, the wealth effect. And, and you know what? The first half a dozen times or so that they did it, it worked. Let me tell you what happened now. Since 2005, okay, think about it, the, you know, Fed funds rate was five and a quarter. Probably buy a CD, probably get 7%. Probably could have done a little better than 7 but let's just say you could get 7 Do you know how many people, all the companies that, that are publicly traded, hired per the amount of stock they bought back? And, and I tweeted this number out earlier. In order for one of these companies now to hire a person, they've averaged $296,000 in share buybacks. In other words, we don't care about long-term growth. We care about our stock price. And we're going to borrow the free money and buy back our own shares. 
And for every 300 k in share buybacks, maybe we'll hire one person. Chances are that person we hired is replacing three people that retired. And that's not in their little wealth effect bottle, and they don't know what to do. I hope you all take advantage. Maybe the best silver sale, not maybe, it's the best silver eagle sale it's 11 or 12 years today. Uh, $420 a roll, less than $3 over spot. 800 Take care, and we'll talk again tomorrow.